Welcome to 10 Out of 10, the show where we talk about things that are 10 out of 10 things. There's a strange amount of people I know now from Ohio. Does, doesn't Ohio have like a reputation of like everybody moves out of it or something? It definitely has that. I've no, yeah, that definitely has that reputation. I think a lot of people, I don't know of many, I know of like two people who have moved here who hadn't lived here before, but almost everyone I know who lives here, like was born here and has just hasn't left yet. <laughs> so, I mean, I personally, I don't want to leave because I like it here. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. It's like, it's got some issues but every city has issues it's it's small but it's nice and you're in like the chicago area right chicago baby yeah we Chi-town. almost hung out like two years ago right yeah that was uh uh it was um a stupid like we should i should not have driven all the way to chicago and all the way back in one day to see a live recording of a podcast that i didn't even care about but hey what podcast was it it's uh john gabris's podcast high and mighty um and it was the uh uh what do they call it power hour where it was the doughboys i'm a big fan of the doughboys podcast uh nick weiger and mike mitchell they were the guests and it's it's it was a power hour so they drank like I, what was it? It's like one ounce of beer every minute for a whole hour. Um, so just watch that and then drove home, got home at like 1 a.m. It was a stupid decision. Not worth the drive. Uh, <laughs> I spent like 10 minutes in Chicago and like most it was just waiting in line for the show. So <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry that didn't work out because it was just like too much driving and like our schedule was all whack. But <laughs> No, it's all right. That's fucking funny. Um, I, I think that's a that, that's like kind of like a, a an American thing, right? Like, oh, I drove X amount of hours to go here and X back, and you won't hear that from the UK because you can like <laughs> drive across that in like three hours, right? They'll, yeah, if, I mean, I, I think it's like four. It depends how fast you drive. It was like three or four, I think, maybe even five. But I mean, if yeah, if you're in Europe, like you're gonna you're in another country at that point. Like you're if you're driving that far, so. <laughs> That guess is fucking cool too. Here is just like, oh, cool. I want to go to the, uh, uh, I want to go to the Waffle House. I want to get shot at the Waffle House in the other state. So I'm gonna drive ten hours there, or something like that. <laughs> Which, by the way, I would love to get shot in a Waffle House. That sounds fucking awesome. I have never been to Waffle House, uh, which is maybe the worst thing about me. Uh, all the all my traits. <laughs> what was that? I've never been to one either. Chicago doesn't have them. I think there's some like in the somewhere around cleveland but nowhere super close we should definitely hit that up at some point (laughs) yeah somewhere in the midwest there's a waffle house for us to go to somewhere in the yeah Uh uh-huh that's um that's that'll be my final resting place (laughs) um so i've known you hold on i actually i'm I'm a i'm a huge fucking nerd and i took like a bunch of notes because i don't i'm uh like, I don't know. I'm nervous talking about Mr. Rogers and stuff because I want to do it justice. You know? I, like, I, yeah, I totally get it. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel nervous. I What I try to tell people is, like, this isn't about Mr. Rogers. It's about you. Like, it's about your experience with whatever the thing is. So, like, I understand wanting to do, do it justice and stuff, but it's really more about, like, if you're talking about why you connect with it, that's all that really matters. I mean, that's what I told. And also, like, don't be nervous. This podcast is inherently just dumb and like has no quality associated with it whatsoever so just like it's just a chill conversation doesn't have to be good so (laughs) i think this so like when i first i don't remember when i first saw you make this post about it or whatever well the the idea of it i i thought like wow this is a fucking good idea and that first (laughs) episode you had with your uh with your partner yeah are you still you're still with them right yep yep That that's a lot. That's a really good episode, and I had um uh, a real this really wonderful moment li- like downloading that, and I was on the the CTA here in Chicago, and it was uh, Christmas time, and my my partner at the time, 
uh, was in Florida. They're actually from Ohio, which is yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, they're from Ohio. I have a couple other friends from just Ohio, whatever. Um, <laughs> they were in Florida at the time, and I was hoping to spend ho- the holidays with them. You know, mm-hmm. as like a as like a brown dude, as like a Muslim growing up, uh, the holidays are always sort of like alienating because mm-hmm. like uh, me and my me and my siblings don't really like Eid. We never, we never really got along with our family in terms of that. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't have, you know, we didn't do any Christmassy stuff. So we yeah. always just like, like every, all my friends are busy doing stuff. I'm mm-hmm. stuck with my parents. And, but I had this nice moment on the train where I was, I was, you know, snow is maybe snow, maybe it was snowing. Or I'm just misremembering it. <laughs> yeah. Like 9-11 and stuff. Yeah. Uh, listening to to your partner talk about like Christmas and these nice memories, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. This is very beautiful. It is very very Midwest and wholesome. Yeah. Are they from uh, Ohio as well? Yep. We actually, uh, she and I went to the same like middle school, pre middle like intermediate school and high school. Um, oh. So yeah, that's we met that at that time, and then we got together actually like right before going to college. Um, and yeah, we've been together a long time at this point <laughs> yeah what what are you doing now did you you went to college did you like get a degree and are you using it like what do you yeah uh so i uh work at a software company and i actually teach computer science like coding and stuff to kids oh, what the fuck really that's, that's what i do yep <laughs> dude that is sick holy it's, shit okay. it's a it's a pretty good gig i got lucky like because I was just a regular software developer, you know, writing code for a big, not not big, not big, but like for, for a developer, <laughs> you know, uh, but, I, you know, I wasn't super into it. But like this opportunity was really cool to, um, you know, put together programs to teach kids how to code and teach them about software careers and stuff. So, yeah, um, it's it works for me. I'm happy to do it. Dude, you say this so like so I, I so I've known you for uh I want to say like uh, eight years or something like it's yeah. like because it was like I feel like early in college I want to say like 2013 or something something somewhere around there yeah some we've known each other like pseudo and anonymously I never really talked to you much yeah uh, on Twitter and um you know I, I don't know how uh I don't know if you still associate with yourself in that, that, <laughs> that time period or something. Do you, do you feel like you, is it weird having been on Twitter for this long or having this sort of like uh, pseudo relationship with somebody for this long, you know, like. That is a great question. Um, I'm actually like, I've been trying to not go on Twitter anymore just because for my own brain. Um, but like, I feel like, I connect more with people online sometimes than people in real life. Like uh, we actually, we have a friend who we met on Twitter who ended up moving to Cleveland who are really good friends with now. Um, uh, and like, I mean, I, f- I feel like we haven't really ever talked like this, but I definitely feel like we're definitely friends. So I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I definitely think of myself very different. I've changed a lot in since I got on Twitter, but um you know, it's still, I'm, I'm more of my authentic self sometimes online versus like with people I actually see in person. So I don't know. (laughs) Pretty much it's, it's, wasn't it a long way down? Very, (laughs) very, very weird. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking my notes to make sure there's, there's a couple other, I wanted to, I think I hit everything. This is, is this, uh, this is just a weird one for me because I feel like everybody else you've already talked to, you already know them, you know, whereas for you, I just sort of kind of know. So that's an interesting thing because some of the people I've talked to, I actually hadn't ever talked to really before. Um, So there's definitely a few of those in, you know, in at this point, I don't know how many episodes there have been, but like two or three, I think are people that I, like had a passing awareness like online kind of knew them online or like had seen them around um but it's actually not super uncommon for me to be talking to someone who i've never like talked to in this context but i don't i don't talk to that many people anyway like you know i have a not that many people that i talk to so <laughs> it's it's not too out of the ordinary okay 
I used to be a big online, like hyper online, extremely online, which is what my uh, friend who lives in New York, who used to live in Ohio, used to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's like, really funny, though. Uh, real quick, uh, the episode I just released um, with uh, Jenny Weathers, she says her Twitter bio is that she's tragically online, which is like <laughs> the same, <laughs> same, similar thing. So, I need to the Twitter server. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, just your, uh, it, it's, it's kind of very serial experiments lane, whatever the fuck. I don't know if you, um, yeah, I used to be like a very online person and um, it wasn't uh, until recently, and this does actually tie into Mr. Rogers. By the way, we're talking about Mr. Rogers today. Yeah, um, I, I realized that I haven't, we kind of just went into this and I didn't actually introduce you. So do you want to like introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, um, uh, my name is Faraj Hussaini. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> what, else, what else do people say? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's all. All, all I needed was the name. That's. <laughs> I'm not gonna give my Twitter handle. <laughs> That's a good um, idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, uh, I was going to um, video date someone on uh, OK Cupid or something like that. Yeah. And um, uh, I was like, "Do you have a Discord? Do you want to do it through Discord?" And I gave them my like Discord handle, and then mm. they just immediately unmatched me after seeing that. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's you strange growing up and now like my room is less covered in anime stuff than it used to be, but mm-hmm. like I it's it's you I just be, I don't know, I feel like a different person than than when I uh what I used oh. to do. Yeah, I cannot believe who I was like 10 years ago. Like it just I've changed I feel like I changed more after like high school from high school to now I've changed more than I did like from age eight to 18 like I I feel like I did not grow up at all in high school but now I'm like actually becoming a slightly mature person but I don't know (laughs) I would hope so (laughs) or I don't know like just I I'm still amazed at like the uh sort of like the brevity with which you talk about like yeah I'm like uh, doing uh programming with like kids and stuff i think that is like underrated i think that's really really cool i have a degree in data analytics dude i never really? used it. yeah <laughs> it not it all flew over me and i'm like i was unmedicated at the time too um hey turns out it, when you what what's that tweet that goes around a lot it's just like uh how come nobody told me that like uh anxiety and depression makes you forget people just keep tweeting that you know? yeah yeah <laughs> um so, uh, what, what do we uh, do? We do we jump in, or do you have any, anything else you want to? So this do, is this is know? such an interest. So usually, what I do is like introduce the show and say, but we've gone for like twenty minutes, and I want to keep a lot of this in here. So, <laughs> so I'm going to say the official episode starts now, and then All right, cool. Yeah, this is ten out of ten. Um, Joining me today is Faraj Husseini. We're going to talk about Mr. Rogers, but before we get to Mr. Rogers, um, just, you know, we can do some general chat. Um, and I'm, I'm curious about, I mean, we've kind of been talking about a lot of internet stuff, but um, kind of in the more mainstream realm of media, what kind of stuff did you consume as a kid? Like, I assume Mr. Rogers, but outside of that, like, what other shows did you watch? Um, you know, other stuff on PBS or, uh, you know, all around, like what kind of stuff were you into? Let's see. Um, so I, I think uh, obviously what your parents are like permitting you to have access to kind of dictates <laughs> what you're going to be watching. Right. So like I had Cartoon Network and stuff when I was a kid, I grew up on a lot of Disney channel um yeah I, you might not be able to see i have like a bunch of cutouts of like britney spears and stuff i i grew up on like the on disney channels like uh disney channel music videos beaches surfing blonde girls like <laughs> and me being like whoa i don't look like that at all dude i want to be what aaron carter you know dude like um there was johnny tsunami though Oh snap! Yo, I've never <laughs> seen Johnny Tsunami. You gotta see Johnny Tsunami. Oh, I mean, 
that so i grew up in hawaii and then moved to ohio so That's like right. watching johnny tsunami i was like hey this i mean I, obviously i'm not a surfer i'm not hawaiian but i did have that experience of like going to a very different place so johnny tsunami i it, i don't know i have no idea i haven't watched it in years don't know if it holds up but i'm sure it's still good i'm sure oh my God. it was so good <laughs> last night uh i was getting mad high and watching um Disney Channel original movie Brink from 1993. Oh, classic. <laughs> I love that movie, man. Um, oh, just, just, uh, I don't know. Uh, inject me into the arm of that movie, dude. I don't, <laughs> I don't care what I have, what rights and freedoms I have to give up. I just want to live in the universe. Like, I, I, you know how it is. Sometimes you get caught up in the ideology of like certain places and things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Disney Channel, and then like uh, my parents, you know, they're Indian, so uh, they're they're stingy as fuck, <laughs> and you know, Comcast charges charges out the wazoo, so they switched over to just like uh, you know, uh, like a few channels, you know, mm-hmm. and so that you know that was kind of a bummer for me. I mean, there was still like Kids WB and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but the the the, mo- the main priority for my parents was my little sister who has autism, mm-hmm. and so um, let's see, how do I get into that? Like, she is, uh, she, like you can't really have a conversation with my little sister. She mostly just parrots stuff all day. Do you have that thing where you have music stuck in your head all day? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes? Do you have like numbers or programming stuck in your head? Sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep, I will like, yes, sometimes I have like programs in my head, but n- yeah, not, not all the time. My, um, I saw an article a couple, I think it was like a, a year ago and some dude was talking about like, I have this thing where music gets stuck in your head all the time. Like, oh, I thought, I thought everybody had that. I've yeah. had that since That's Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of cool for my sister. For me, it's music stuck in my head all the time. For my little sister, it's TV shows. So mm. uh, at any time of the day, she'll be repeating lines from Dragon Tales or Arthur or uh, Ka- fucking Caillou. God. <laughs> um, I heard, I think they're finally getting Caillou off the air. I heard that. It might be just a rumor, but. <laughs> it's like 20 year long uh, cane coming out from the, from the, the, the velvet rope to yank that boy out. <laughs> Get him out of here, dude. <laughs> that miserable, bald French boy. Never um, explained why he was bald. Weird. weird yeah, thing. no. I mean, I think the, the idea is that like the, the book where he's from he was a really little kid like an mm-hmm. infant yeah and then they just never gave him hair i don't know it's just that's just what ian mckay looked like when he was a kid so <laughs> they just it. was that the show with were there cats in that show i vaguely recall like there was something with cats i don't know if that was that show i didn't i never liked caillou but i think i liked the cats that may or may not have been in that show it was it a gray cat named Gilbert. That might be what I'm. I think that yes, and he would. Caillou would always yes. And there was a teddy named Teddy. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Still, I would not call that show good, but I like the, the cat. I like the cat. You know what, dude? Like I hate it, but my little sister loves it. Really? Uh, even though she like cries whenever Caillou cries, like she would ask me, um. So, so yeah, like she would, she, when she got home from school, she would watch that till 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. because that's when it switched over to adult PBS or whatever. And then from, you know, then she'd have nothing to do. Then with the advent of like VHS tapes, we would start recording VHS and stuff. And we would put the, those on for her um, ad nauseum and that DVR. And then eventually I got her hooked on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So now she's in uh, a group home in uh, up north and uh amazingly she's not like she, she doesn't watch tv all day but anytime i would go to see her which has been interrupted because of quarantine they used to see her every weekend mm. um, i could uh you know to interact with her have fun with her you just do these deep cuts any number of barney songs from, from the past me and her can um repeat like entire scripts of arthur episodes wow like back to back i'll be like uh um I'll be uh, like, 
see. There's the episode with uh, Arthur's birthday. Uh, we know all the lines to that. <laughs> a couple other, a couple other things. Songs. Sometimes, if I get a really deep cut to a Barney song she hasn't heard in like years, I can sing that, and she'll just like stop and <laughs> like listen. Be like, why? You can tell she's like turning in her head. Like, mm. do I, I know this from something? It's really cool. So in a way, it lets me connect. Um, so yeah, um, when that, that was like my sister's source of entertainment, that was her window to the world, which is, uh, what our uh, local uh, PBS station calls itself, WTTW. That's where she learns a lot of stuff, dude. That's where she learns about rain and snow or like cars or animals and stuff, you know, like she doesn't like learning stuff. She doesn't like being told to do stuff, mm -hmm. but this is her exposure to stuff and she mm -hmm. learns it in her own way, you know? So, and anytime she's freaking out about something, we would put that on to help her calm down. We would put her, we would uh, play that to like take her to the shower because she hates going to the shower. Mm -hmm. So like help her get out of the car when she doesn't get, it, it's in a, it's a lifesaver. So, mm -hmm. um, and Mr. Rogers has to do with this because back in, let's see, I can, do you want me to, I can just go into like Mr. Rogers' life story. Sure. Yeah. You know what? Let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into that. Welcome back. And we were just going to jump into some of the history of Mr. Rogers. So Faraj, you want to take it away? So um, Mr. Rogers, like as a kid, he was like really uh, sickly and he was like fat. So he kind of got like teased a lot and he had to spend a lot of time at home. He would play a lot of uh, piano and uh, play with puppets and stuff. And um after he like as he grew up he like sort of came out of a shell and stuff but he he has a bachelor he's a bachelor's, he's a bachelor's in music and then uh when he i think he got he went back to his parents place after his bachelor's and he discovered what a television was he's just like oh this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> like just um um oh he calls it a bombardment in that uh senate hearing he has um, because it's just uh, it's just noise and and he's just like but he saw it and he thought I can use this for good he so he started working with like local uh, television stations for like children's programs he later became ordained as a minister mm -hmm. and then he started uh, uh, like the, like Mr. Rogers and he was working at the time I think he also he also went to grad school for like child psychology and stuff. Wow. Child development. So he was working with uh, Margaret McFarland, I believe her name was, um, who's like a child psychologist who was also like working around with like Eric Erickson. So if you ever took any psych classes, the Erickson like uh, stages of development. Uh, I just looked this up on Wikipedia a while ago. He like coined the term um, identity crisis, which is crazy. Wow. I use that term like every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um so he like a lot of care went into this to, to pay attention to like kids and stuff and like you know the rest like 30 years of television and all this stuff um so uh, i think it's been almost a uh, it'll be almost a year now i guess in may you know george floyd happened and the world was shut down and everything like that and um I'm, I'm kind of assuming that's sort of like uh, for everybody I know, and I think for most people, that sort of completely shifted their like political engagement with things or how they were thinking about things mm -hmm. when you don't have that. Um, did, were, did you like, uh, what happened with your work like last year? Um, so we like, I've been working from home for over a year now. Mm -hmm. um, 
we with the pandemic like um all of our programs are virtual so we still like do the programs with kids but we um just do it all over zoom and it's very challenging but we can still connect and we we've you know learned some strategies along the way to try to keep it engaging and stuff but it's been tough it's been a tough year for sure i have I'm trying to think if I have any other friends. I have one other friend who's in education right now and he's, yeah, he's doing th stuff through Zoom. I can't imagine. That's, it's, it's, it's completely different. Yeah. It, like, at the beginning, it was especially tough because we had no idea what we were doing. Um, at this point, we've definitely figured out some, some ways to still like keep it engaging and, and so, like, one of the hardest things was we had basically no, I mean, and we still have no idea like what the students are doing. They never turn their webcams on. They never turn their microphones on. They're just uh, like sitting there. Uh, it, it, like we have no idea. They could be in a different room. Um, like it's, it's, I don't know, but you know, we make it work. We make it work. <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> and, uh, that, that makes me really sad. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're, vaccines are on the way we're gonna be back sooner sooner than, yeah hopefully sooner than i don't know by the end of the year i'm hoping did you um well call back identity crisis did you go over any sort of like reflective period during this like especially like a first few months of quarantine when you're stuck in this very weird like you know you're not in prison it's sort of self-inflicted, like you're sort of doing it to yourself. Like you, you're sort of like stuck in your thoughts and stuff, you know, like, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like really lucky, I think to be in the situation where, you know, I have like a nice decent sized house. I have a backyard and stuff. Like I didn't feel as trapped as house? I, I do have a house. Yeah. Wait, how old are you? I am 27 years old. Jesus Christ. Every every single decision. So every single decision I made in my life was based entirely on like financial success. Like I never I wanted to, you know, go to Berkeley and major in music production or something or performance or whatever. But I, you know, didn't do that. I just completely focused on like uh, the, I sound like a terrible person, but it, I just the reason is that I was so terrified as a kid of being poor. Like my dad was on, uh, you know, food stamps and stuff, and like just knowing that I didn't, I never wanted to have that situation. Like I wanted to have the security of like a solid job and stuff. So, and I, I'm very frugal and and everything like that. I might edit this out because I don't like talking about it, but <laughs> it's uh, it's true. That's that's true. That's how I got to where I am today. I made a lot. Of, I mean, I made a lot of decisions that probably weren't good for my mental health, but ended up working out for me. So here I am. Why would you say they're not good for your mental health? Just like college was just completely terrible for like I was anxious every single day like I hate I had no friends I like completely isolated myself just studying and like working way too hard um and just and it was it was bad but I got through that so here I am I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing fine now but um I was you gonna know. say like <laughs> do you like have you talked to anybody about it now I probably should, but um, I I had I did some had some therapy in college, but you know since then I've been I've been good enough that I don't feel like I I don't know I got a lot of toxic masculinity too. That's a lot of it. It's just like you know wanting to be self sufficient and not asking for help and all that garbage that they teach you. Um, but I don't, I guess we've gotten a little bit off topic here, but <laughs> it's, it's actually really relevant. I mean, yeah. I, you, you, um, you know, like, I, I think it's really impressive uh, what you, like what you've done. And I also think you're very good at hosting this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I had a podcast for a while too. It was like a book podcast, but I was not very, I was not good at all. I, I would get like drunk and I was just very mic happy and, um, <laughs> and just make a lot of like 
like edgy jokes and it was just very embarrassing <laughs> i i have tried so long to make a podcast the only reason i'm still doing this one is because i'm forcing myself to just do it um and just i don't care if it's good or not i'm just going to keep doing it um but I, I forcing yourself i don't mean that i don't enjoy it i just mean like i give up on so many things in my life so it comes to the point where I'm not motivated to do it anymore, but I still have to have the discipline to like keep doing it and keep like recording and editing and all that stuff. Like it gets tiring. So uh, just like knowing that I'm not doing it, I'm just doing it. Like it just, ha I just have to have that mindset of like, do it, just do it. Like, you know, like the that Nike swoosh. like the mentality you had with college. <laughs> Very, yeah. I mean, in the same way, it was, it's uh, just like hyper-focused on, you know, but, it, but it's it's different than college. This is more fun. It is. I hope so. <laughs> how about how about you though? Like when like when the quarantine and stuff happened, how how did you handle it? Did you have any? And I I, I mean I have an, a, literally an identity crisis every day of my life uh, because I feel like I have no identifying characteristics. But um, like that is like how did you feel when all that was happening? So um, yeah, man. Like I I. I tried powering through college and I, I couldn't, I, 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 everything I was learning was just going right through my ears. Um, yeah. So I, I got my degree in like 2016, never used it. I did like security, like right out of um, school. And then I've been like doing barista and stuff. Like I've, I've been really into coffee for the past few years. Cool. And, um, and I've, I've had like depression my whole life. You know, I used to, I, I used to be like really, really suicidal or like, like 20 years or something mm. um typical like twitter sad boy shit you know <laughs> and it uh i, I didn't i mean I, I got medicated in 2016 so that helped a bit but uh any professional will tell you medication won't fix your problems um these things come back to you you know so with that with the with the quarantine happening and um and george floyd happening as well you know, you spend a lot of time with your own thoughts. Um, I was on, like, I was on unemployment for like however many months I don't even remember. And um, yeah, you start thinking a lot, man. And you start reading a lot. And and as I fell into like this sort of like radical so social, like socialism radicalization pipeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George Floyd and socialism and I started like watching a lot of like you know Slavoj Žižek right like mm -hmm. like the sniffy meme guy I, I I was watching uh those two movies of his and seeing how like politics are sort of uh sort of connected with like psychology and stuff and I the more I started learning about psychology and at the time I also started seeing a therapist um like uh, I started like sort of to wake up a bit, you know, I started to like unpack the past few years of like archaeology, like going back, like what was happening? Um, what was happening when my sister was watching all these TV shows? What was happening in college and high school, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I did um, towards the end of uh, uh, last year, last fall, I did something like really, terrible to somebody and it kind of affected a, a lot of the online group at the time that I was hanging out with people I'd known for like a long time people I'd known for like five to six years even they were like my main group of friends basically I would talk to them like every day mm -hmm. and I like cut them off and a couple days later I was like really high and watching Mr. Rogers and I realized like man Mr. Rogers wouldn't have done what I just did would mm -hmm. he and I started to think more and more and I realized, oh my God, I'm fucking wrong about everything that I just got mad about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like, I apologize to everybody and it's, it's, um, it's not fun being like, online, it's very easy to get mad at people, you know? through Twitter or whatever, like your chosen medium, it's very easy to hide into this sort of pseudo anonymity 
Mm-hmm. And then just get mad at this other person with this proxy wall in between without actually knowing who they are. So then when you realize that, oh, wait, like I, I was the bad guy this time. <laughs> it's, a, it's like you're directing that hatred right on yourself. It does not feel good. Mm-hmm. And how do you process that? You know, like, what do you do when you were the monster this time? Um, and what I did was just watch a crap load of Mr. Rogers. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and the more I watched, the more it really made sense um, with, with everything. It, it, it all clicked in really like um, like Mr. Rogers was like a lifelong voting Republican, but I think if he had like some more like political education, you would kind of been like a socialist, like no Republican would agree with this idea that like, you're the, you, you are, a result, are a result of your environment, you know, mm-hmm. like, like people on the right more lean towards like you 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 have you know you can be whoever you want you you want to be you can do whatever you want to do just pull yourself up by the bootstraps etc but I, I think mr rogers understood that like how like when we're all kids we're all sort of nice people and it, it's only it's only through the like influence of bad things happening around us that we kind of turn into the like turn into kind of negative people mm-hmm. and dang it i was like on a train of thought there <laughs> well i was i was thinking like um i think one thing that mr rogers feels like he brings compassion for everybody i know that's like a it's like a christian thing to say like have compassion for everybody or whatever but i feel like the you know conservative mindset is very against that like it's it's very much like people's problems are their own they should handle them like you know if you're poor you deserve to be poor type of thing and i feel like that is something that i don't think mr rogers would necessarily believe that like poor people deserve to be poor i don't know i guess i'm not sure because he was republican but um i i think there is something missing from a lot of like mainstream i don't know politics i guess about uh just like understanding that everybody deserves certain things like every single person deserves medical care like every single kid deserves a meal like it doesn't matter who your parents are or what they like how how they got into the situation they're in like if you're a kid you deserve to be happy and healthy and like have everything you need it's ridiculous that kids like starve in america or don't have health care like it's it's stupid they should all have health care I think he, he, I think he understood that at some point, like profit is not more important than people's lives or like goodness in their lives. He argued for like, he wanted more money to be put into public television. And there was also another thing I was looking up. He was, uh, he, he testified for, um, for Sony, I believe for like VHS tapes for like recorded stuff. Hmm. He like, he was all about like, yeah, no, it's cool. If people like, record my show with like VHS tapes that's awesome which is like dude that's what we did and <laughs> and and that's been like a huge saving like that's absolutely impacted like me and my my parents lives dang it well I have some more questions if you want to go that route of thinking oh. about like um like Mr. Rogers stuff um well, I guess this first thing isn't a question but that that uh that font in his uh logo the mr rogers neighborhood logo that's a great font that is it's such a, a good, good font, font it's got like the curvy th- that's great i like I'm, I'm a big fan of the font um i guess w- one thing is um kind of thinking and i think you might have talked a bit about this but like if you watched it as a kid what do you get out of it as an adult compared to what you because you know watching it as an adult is an interesting experience because obviously it's geared toward kids but i think you can see through things through a different lens as an adult. So like, what do you think is different in terms of watching it as an adult versus a kid? Yeah. So, okay. That's awesome. That takes, that's, that's like kind of the thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Like when you watch it, I, 
I don't remember watching as a kid. I don't know what you watched when you were a kid, but do you remember like what you watched like when you were really young? Like, do you remember watching Barney? Like, I I watched a lot of Arthur, and I I remember like they like I watched so I, Arthur was like my favorite show, so I watched I a lot of that. You know uh, yeah. I, love Arthur, I know you love Arthur. Yeah, and I would like me and my sister would, uh, you know, just eat mac and cheese and and like wait for arthur to come on and like there was the part so there's the part in in like the arthur theme song which is such a good theme song um where like uh he falls out of the frame like and me and my sister would always sit on the couch and like fall down when he did like that's like one of my one of my like favorite memories from growing up is just like pretending to fall down and when he was falling down in the theme song um so i I loved arthur i watched a lot of like pokemon and uh like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff that stuff i don't really remember but um yeah but like i i kind of watched mr rogers but um so you, you like I don't really remember watching Mr. Rogers. It sounds like you have more of a relationship to it as an adult than you did as a kid. Is that like? No, I mean, yes, I, I don't remember watching it when I was a kid. And but there are other shows that like I watched when I was a kid that I don't remember. But my mom says I watched, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you love Mr. Rogers and Barney. You know, like I don't <laughs> remember that. I think, I, yeah. you know, obviously, I think I think when you go from like preschool to kindergarten, you 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 kids learn that like oh i can't say i watched that show because then everybody will call me stupid or something like that yeah yeah barney was not cool <laughs> barney yeah yeah well, i remember um there there were a couple songs that people would sing in like uh kindergarten about like barney killing barney or something like that i don't know it was like <laughs> cool to knock on barney back then it was very cool to want to murder barney as a like <laughs> six-year-old <laughs> yeah yeah uh barney uh, oh yeah well i want to kill barney more (laughs) (laughs) um as an adult after after uh after sitting with therapy for a while and um watching a lot of psychology videos uh a lot of the stuff you learn in like cognitive behavioral therapy that stuff does apply to like mr rogers the best example of this i think of is uh what do you do with the man that you feel which is a song that he quotes in in his senate hearing which, by the way, if you've never looked this up, look YouTube search Mr. Rogers Senate hearing. It's a wonderful like 10 minute video where he gets like millions of dollars from the government um, wow. to be put towards public uh, television um, during uh, during the Nixon administration while they were cutting a bunch of funding and stuff. That's wild. I got to look that up. Yeah, it's really good. He literally just he literally just gets in front of the mic. It's just like uh Mr. Pastore, I love children. Like, and, and I mean, it's okay. It's, it's easy to knock on him, but I think there's a certain, uh, there, there's a, a strength in sort of your naivety and like mm. being vulnerable like that. Mm-hmm. In, in, in cognitive, co- the big thing of like cognitive behavioral therapy is like uh, understanding is, is conscientiousness, understanding where your brain is going and trying to strengthen more positive routes for your brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like psychologically too, you know, uh, trying to uh, move your emotional part of the brain to the more like the, the, the more, uh, what was this? The front part of the brain, the more, the, the more, the, like the, the stronger, like more, uh, I, I don't know. The smarter Higher, part of the brain. <laughs> yeah. There's some, I don't know what, I don't know enough. I took some psychology classes, but I forgot everything. Yeah. I, 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 I got to learn this stuff too. I, and, and so in that song, what do you do with the matter you feel? What do you do with the matter you feel that you, when you feel so mad you can bite when the whole world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right? What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you uh, pound some clay or some, some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag and see how, fast, see how fast you can go? It's great to be able to stop when you plan the thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think the song. I can stop when I want to. I can stop when I wish. I can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a great feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that the feeling deep inside uh, to help us become what we can for a girl shall be someday a woman and a boy someday a man. And, you know, non-binaries become non-binaries, you know. And, uh, <laughs> older, older non-binary people. <laughs> yeah, they become more older binary. And... 
and and there's one video I watch. Uh, I, I watch Mr. Rogers' videos every day before work on the on the bus. Hmm. And uh, at the end of this one video, he says, "Isn't that isn't that nice when you're about to do something, you know, that you when you're about to do something out of anger, but you stop and you do something else that won't hurt you or or, or anybody else? Hmm. You really know you're growing that." And he's right. Like you're building connections in your brain. You're, you're learning how to process something difficult in a new way. This is literally like uh, that's that's therapy. That's the that's the goal of therapy. Reworking your brain, having that sort of conscientiousness about, oh wait, unconsciously I want to do this, but I could do something else. Mm-hmm. And he he understands that with every little thing he's saying in that show. Um, as silly as it kind of can come across sometimes as kind of goofy, uh, there's also this sort of like gentleness of just like, yeah, I wear a sweater and I, I you know, I, I talk slow and I'm old and I play with puppets, but like, I'm not wrong, dude. Like, and like, <laughs> like, like if like, what are you going to make fun of? You're going to make fun of me. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think there's certainly a, uh, it's it's much easier to put up a wall around yourself and hide your feelings Mm -hmm. but to be vulnerable like that and to be honest like that that is like that is powerful you know that is like disarming you know in a way did you ever watch and so there did you ever watch fairly odd parents yeah of course there was like I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but there they had like a little bit on that show. It was like 10 seconds or whatever, but it was like a Mr. Rogers parody. And it was like Mr. Rogers, like whatever his parody name was, holding a puppet saying like, it's okay to feel sad, like as a joke. But that's like legitimately good. Like it is okay to feel sad. Like that's an important lesson to learn as a kid. Um, and I've, I also read that Mr. Rogers like was, was a perfectionist. Like he wanted to make sure everything was like high quality. Like a lot of kids programming is kind of just like, whatever they're going to, they'll be, they'll be fine. Like they'll, they'll like it, throw some flashing colors. Like they don't care, but he had an understanding of like kids, like this matters a lot because kids are, their brains are forming. Like you're saying, like they're making connections. So like put some care into what you do because, it's gonna matter and it can have a really big impact and hopefully a really big positive impact and it like i think what he does is very much like i don't know he actually sees children as people which i think a lot of people don't really do no i i I, yeah and and i think that's that's why i think you can watch it as an adult like years ago i thought everything he was saying was just platitudes you know like mm-hmm. oh yeah like love yourself and blah blah but then you watch it's just like wait a second this guy's kind of spitting right now like why don't <laughs> i like you know what do i do with the man that i feel huh and uh it, it it definitely does resonate as an adult you just have to sort of like chill out and be less pretentious mm-hmm. and yo like okay so i i you're a music guy so i i have like the chords up for the song it's you i like dude he's he was a jazzer dude he like <laughs> uh, b major seven g7 c minor seven f7 Ooh. c minor seven f7 d minor seven g g minor seven uh sevens i like it dude, he's this is a this is a jazz song man like <laughs> it's really good the uh, the pianist he got uh, who's like the musical director john costa he's like a phenomenal um piano player mm. um he had a he had Winston Marsalis uh, wow. an episode playing a, a version of the song, like a, like a, an instrumental version, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they would uh, there's an episode where he uh, he's just like, hey, let's let's take a look at the band, and then he, they pull over to the band, and it's a live band every episode. Wow, just improvising. Yeah, I thought they would just hit play or something. No, <laughs> dude, every time. Like John Costa is playing that live, and there's wow. a drummer there, and there's a bassist, and uh, they're doing it like each time while Mr. Rogers is acting and talking. They'll be playing these musical stinks and stuff. It is so cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you watch the endings, especially, um, 
they're they're all different because they're jazzers and they're just doing different things to the chords. It's really, really cool. High quality, like you said. Yeah. And that like matters. I think putting that care into something does have an impact, even if it's like a spiritual impact, like it does affect the the impression that you get when you watch it, you know, even if it's subtle, like those those things do add up because you know that they care and it's it's important. I, one thing I was going to say is that it's I feel like the least Republican thing ever is public television. Like, it's funny that like he Mr. Rogers is like it's money that's going that making no profit. Like it's only for educational purposes. It's only for the good of the world it has nothing to do with the corporation. Like, it's just funny that that is because that's and that's where you get the quality like you're I mean obviously you know prestige television and stuff there's there's good quality tv shows but they're all fundamentally motivated by profit like you know you can you can watch the sopranos or whatever and it's like good tv but then you'll see that oh it's they're like this is just a raisin bran commercial like they're eating raisin bran like that's you know (laughs) like that's ultimately what every give me me some gabagool to put in my raisin bran that they're they're always talking about raisin bran no i i don't know if that's specifically a product placement for sopranos but you know like every show is designed to make money and you lose something in that but you when you're creating something purely like especially for children I feel like the profit aspect can be so corrupting because, I mean, you can get caught up in just trying to make kids like things, but what they like isn't going to be good for them necessarily. You know, yeah. it's, it's like breakfast cereal. Like, like I love, I mean, I'm 27. I, I love Reese's Puffs. That is not good for me. I shouldn't be eating that. And like when I was a kid, same thing. I loved it, but like it's fundamentally motivated by profit, but public television you get that good quality like um uh-huh. <laughs> yeah I, it's really you, you've seen the sesame street doordash commercials right yeah yes i have like, jim Henson burning over and it's great i'm just i, I know when it's i very disgusting to me. Uh, uh, as a kid like mommy i want doordash because <laughs> Bird loves it and uh, i mean i think that's its own thing i do understand that America has like a unique sort of like funding process for this and you kind of I'm I'm waiting for some sort of uh, medium article comparing Sesame Street's uh, approach to children's television being like uh, being like Juche theory like uh, communist Chinese (laughs) communist party like (laughs) capitalism embracement or something like that Uh, but it is a there's definitely a certain uh the the priorities do get a little mi- mixed up you mm-hmm. know but mr rogers feels like so pure like it just feels like there's no ulterior motive you know what i mean like nope. it's just there and he just cares about the kids watching like that's all it just that's what it is and i think that's special yeah. from from what like 6 a.m to 5 p.m every day that was like so much so much entertainment and so much access to things for my little sister and relief for my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, my little sister, like, yeah, she can't, she can't converse. She can't like do a lot of things for herself. Um, and, you know, she has like OCD and she's on a, a plethora of medications and stuff. Mm-hmm. So an amazing, amazing gift to us. And yeah. I believe very like it's political at the end of the day. I, I do think. Yeah. Ultimate. I mean, one, one thing kind of, you were talking about political awakening and stuff. Um, I think my political awakening started like before the pandemic stuff. Like I think it was like probably a year before or something is when I started like getting into, you know, socialist politics and just thinking more about history and race and all that stuff. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, just like realizing that everything is political and it, like seeing those connections can really open up your eyes to think like, how has capitalism influenced my feelings or how has not even take capitalism out of it? Like how has like this our system of government influenced our like my feelings? How has the all the corporations that I consume content from, how has that influenced me? And like realizing that 
realizing how many people have power on behind the scenes that are controlling so much of what we see and what we do and how we feel. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all, it's all political. Um, but that's like, that's why public television is an interesting thing. Cause it's kind of outside of politics, but it's so political in the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in, uh, 2012 Mitt Romney was saying like yeah Big Bird's gonna need a, a, a new home and stuff like that which like uh, dude like fat optic buddy like what Every, are you yeah I, I think the like the, whatever ratings they have for Big Bird are probably like Big Bird's got good approval ratings I think you don't want to be knocking Big Bird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go after Caillou dude like yeah, yeah. He was just like, yeah, Kanye's gonna need a fucking posture of like then he'll like whew, we would have had a different uh 2010. Yeah, Mitt Romney would have been president instead of uh definitely yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it is what it is. Have you seen um on a somewhat related note, have you seen uh Bernie's uh uh Bernie Sanders's uh, public television stuff from the 80s I've seen a little bit yeah where he just like interviews random people like yeah dude I love it I yeah. love it so much and it's it feels spiritually similar like the life work of Bernie mm-hmm. to, uh, to 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 Mr. Rogers in a way like he's just this uh <laughs> this old fucking like <laughs> like like Brooklyn Jew just like in, in Vermont just like so why do you like Invader Zim like it's so funny <laughs> It's so funny and earnest, and that earnestness is yeah. like, uh, what? He, how do you? Uh, it's sort of like Nardwar, I guess. You know, like what do you do with someone who's so, so earnestly silly like that? Mm-hmm. I think I think Nardwar kind of puts on a persona, but um, to to me, I think that's sort of like going around talking to people, seeing what's on their minds, <laughs> seeing how they're feeling, and. Yeah. And it carries through, like, politically. Like you said, like, I, I think that capitalism and how we organize economies, they sort of reflect how we are in our brain. And they're sort of, like, there are conscious parts of the economy. There are un- unconscious parts of the economy. What are mm-hmm. we conscientious of in the systems of power or, or in our own brains? Very, very weird. <laughs> yeah. it's it, Yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. Like... There's there's similarities for sure. Well, we are. I think I'm not sure how I'm going to edit this together because it's been a little. Usually, it's a little more structured. I'm happy that this episode was not structured because uh, we were just kind of riffing on whatever, which has been fun. Um, but I do want to. Uh, we are at about an hour, so I want to, you know, conscious of time yeah. and everything. Um, I think you've, you've rung me out already. So. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, just like a couple of little. Um, couple of questions here. Don't have to take long on these, but um, have you ever watched Daniel Tiger? Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, the the like the spinoff that's like around. Yeah, now. Uh, I've seen a bit when uh, a couple of years ago, my little sister was uh, back in 2016. My little sister was uh, hospitalized for a bit, um, and uh, I, I remember. Uh, the the, the 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 rehab center at the time uh had like some public access tv and daniel tiger would play and i remember him like putting on the sweater or whatever at the end and i would like tear up a bit like oh, <laughs> what, what what have you seen that uh, what, what i you... i i'm curious if it like it, i'm i had been curious if you had seen it if it like had the same uh I don't know if it felt spiritually like a sequel or if it was, if it felt, cause it, it's such a different format. Like it seems so different. Um, so I'm curious how I haven't, I haven't watched much Daniel Tiger. I can't say I have, but I haven't really seen much either. Uh, I could check. I will probably check it out. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm such a, everybody else when I go to work, they talk about like, so did you see like this Netflix series or something or no, I, Last night I got high and I watched like Nam Chomsky lectures and like Mr. Rogers and stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I will check it out. I it seems appropriate, you know. It doesn't feel carny. It feels like spiritually the the essence of what he was doing. Yeah, but the, a slightly more like a like a um, 
approachable format you know mm-hmm. like he mr rogers's neighborhood is is kind of weird it's kind of a weird show yeah and there i don't know if there are any other shows like that right now you know like blues clues where there's like a main real life dude talking to you i don't know yeah well, yeah my my next question is have you seen uh in in some ways very similar in some ways very different have you seen joe para talks with you <laughs> yeah is that a show or just like an online series or something so uh it originally was an online thing and it's i think it's on adult swim now there have been a couple of seasons um i it's like one of my favorite shows of all time and i have seen it compared to mr rogers just because he's like joe para kind of just talks like an old man and he's kind of just gentle and nice and but also like uh, I was talking on the episode with with Jen, uh, talking about how like Connor O'Malley is also like on the Joe Perry. I don't know if you know who Connor O'Malley is. Connor O'Malley is, yeah, very wow, different energy, crazy. but he's yeah. like a big character on Joe Perry talks with you. Um, but it's like kind of a similar format because it's like talking directly to camera, you know, like kind of pseudo educational obviously joe Perry is a comedy show and it's not for kids but it's also it's like tvpj tvpg it's you know it's like in the in that realm so i just it's i it's one of my favorite shows so i couldn't not bring it up i've on that i've seen a little bit and it's uh it's like nauseatingly quiet and slow it's uh <laughs> it's so I, I, you know, I'll give it a shot. I know there's like a 10 hour video of uh, Joe Para doing something. I forget what it is. <laughs> I know there's, there's like, I don't know if about a 10 hour video of him doing something, but I know there's like, I think there's like a, uh, I'm going to go on YouTube. Like a, he did a thing uh, during the quarantine that was like relaxing old footage uh, with Joe Para. And it's just like him talking over a bunch of like nature footage and stuff like that. Um, and then he, he has like uh, in that bit, he has a bit where he talks about tree TV, which is going to be his TV network. That's just all trees the whole time. And I think there might be like a long version of tree TV. I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but a, I looked it up. It's uh, Joe Para talks you to sleep for 10 hours. Ah. It's like a- yep. That is, that is nuts. Uh, yeah, I'll have to take a dive on that. I have a couple friends who really like him. I, I it's I mean that's one of my favorite shows like of all time and I think it accomplishes it's not it accomplishes some of what Mr. Rogers accomplishes in terms of like it makes me feel actually I was gonna say it makes me feel safe but also it's it's weird like it's it's like weird weirdly edgy not like in a edgy way but like there's some curveballs in there, but it's so it's so good. It's it's so good. I, you, I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> in an era of very fast TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's what is, a, is such a shining like uh, achievement of Mr. Rogers is quiet. Mm-hmm. We're talking. There'll be some music and stuff. But John Costa has said in the past, he would, he would say, like, I would have to hold myself back from playing sometimes because you wanted some silence on the set yeah i i I think it's i think it's valuable because like yeah it's it's like a break in some ways Um, but i yeah i just couldn't not bring that up um but that yeah that does kind of bring us to a close here in in terms of time um it's been super fun talking to you um just a, a couple of last things here um i know we've been talking about a lot of stuff uh, but are there any other 10 out of 10 things that come to mind? Uh, it could be like movies or albums or, you know, any experiences or like any pretty much anything. Um, I heard you ask this to somebody else. And I thought, like, is he going to ask me that? I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I was going to say. I don't know what I'd say. Um, <laughs> I really like the movie Me and You and Everyone We Know by Miranda July. I haven't seen that. It's most known for having the uh, pooping back and forth like scene. If you've ever seen that YouTube clip, I have not, and I'm I'm intrigued. But I, tell me, tell me a little bit more. Not too much more, but just a little bit more about this um, movie. It's a very um, like it, it, it's it's like this comedy drama thing. It's very uh, has to do with like people connecting with each other in unusual ways and. 
technology a little bit. Hmm. Um, a little dated. It's from like 2004, I think. <laughs> IFC films. Um, <laughs> a little bit of like Miranda July does like sort of a like cringe humor in, in a way that's like really sincere. I just got a robocall. I've been getting a bunch. Of, definitely not 10 out of 10 is robocalls. Those Make are like felony. Yeah. Those, I literally like who I have not gotten a call on my phone from a person in like i don't even know years like i i it's why do they even put phones in phones anymore you just are getting like it's not <laughs> i i don't want a phone number anymore it's not worth it yeah it, it's a curse really uh the this amazing technology but you get randomly <laughs> like public rules it's like that movie um i like fugazi fugazi's 10 out of 10 band fugazi yeah you nice. like you like Ian mckay or embrace or fugazi i have listened to like two fugazi songs that's like i it's, i have a lot of musical blind spots when it comes to like they're they're like post-punk ish right like something like that yeah they're like post-hardcore i i guess you okay. could call them they kind of have their own flair um a, a lot of their music gives me a lot of like socialist lefty um the vibes and also just Ian McKay as a person gives me Mr. Rogery vibes. Just cool. In this talking with people, getting mad, but understanding the other person's human. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, nice. feel spiritually the same. Uh, throw a softball or whatever. It's all. Yeah. Mr. Rogers, Fugazi. It's all in the same, same club. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last thing, uh, is there anything you want to promote right now? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, um, at Josie, the poet. That's where I like write some stuff. Cool. Um, I've been drinking my, out of my sister's uh, mug. She makes pottery. She lives in Brooklyn. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's doing pretty well. Uh, that's awesome. uh, Not work related pottery. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's about it. Awesome. Well, Faraj, thank you so much for, for talking to me. It was, it was super fun. Um, and that's it. We'll see you next time.